Hello and welcome to another episode of VR Download, a weekly show that is broadcast live from the Upload Virtual Studios. This is the show on Mondays, noon Pacific, where we talk about industry news, hardware stuff, things of that nature. If you're into games, we have a show on Thursdays for that particular reason. Hi, I'm your host, Kyle, and uh, I'm here with our normal panel here to my left. Who do we have? Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here. If the fire alarm goes off behind me, I apologize. They're like doing things with the fire alarms in my building. I woken up with that this morning. I'm David Heaney, and I'm excited to talk about VR tech. Yeah, VR tech, because that's what we're going to talk about today. We've got all sorts of fun, exciting things to talk about. So let's start with Mark Zuckerberg. All right. First piece of news today, Mark Zuckerberg teases retina resolution prototype vr headset from facebook and and here's what i'm gonna do here's what i'm gonna do i'm actually going to read the first two together uh because i feel like they both go hand in hand ian or heaney are you okay with this that that i do that okay so i'm just gonna read everything together so we've got mark zuckerberg teasing a retina resolution prototype vr headset and Facebook's future CTO, Boz, also is teasing a new slim VR concept prototype. So we've got, oh man, we, so we've got these prototypes coming from Facebook, which came out just hours almost before HTC announced the flow. Where do we want to begin, Ian or Heaney? We're talking about these two things that Facebook threw out at us right before HTC came out with their stuff. What do we want to say first about this? Yeah, Heaney, what, can you explain which one we've got up now? Is it the, is the Retina one or the other one? Yeah, so this is yeah, the so Retina this one. Is, yeah. yeah, this is the Retina one. So this is Mark Zuckerberg says, this is an early Retina resolution prototype. And that just refers to a resolution that is higher than the human eye can discern, which is generally accepted to be around 60 pixels per degree. And for comparison, a headset, the highest resolution headset you can actually buy, such as Reverb G2 or Vive Pro 2, they're somewhere roughly around 25 pixels per degree. So they, it would have to more than double to get to where this headset is. And the only headset available that actually does already get to human eye resolution is Vario's 5,000 or so dollar headsets, maybe 4,000, 5,000. And they only have that resolution in a small area in the very center. They call it bionic vision, where their headsets have a kind of peripheral display, like a normal headset, but then also a very high resolution in the middle. So if there was a headset that was able to provide that to your full field of vision, full retina, human eye resolution, and that seems to be what Zuckerberg is claiming to be viewing in this prototype image. So, Heaney, when, when I first heard Michael Abrash talking, I think it was like Connect, I don't know, two or three or whatever it was. He, he said that 16K by 16K was going to be that ultimate eye resolution. Do, am I incorrect in thinking that was what the goal was? Is that what we're seeing here? Yeah, I believe that's what he said. But obviously, it would depend on what the field of view of the headset is, because the wider the field of view, the lower the angular resolution. If you have one headset with a 100-degree field of view and another with 200-degree field of view, and you use the same panel it one will have literally half the resolution of the other the wider one so it completely depends on what the field of view is because as you double the field of view you would then have to double the resolution to maintain the same angular resolution 
so when he was saying that, he was saying that at a FOV that is more likely to be bigger than 100 or 110 degrees. And plus, you've got dot pitch as well. People are always so focused on resolution, but there's also DPI and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what field of view he was talking about. He may have been talking about human eye, though, if it was 16K per eye. Though we would have to go back and check that. But it's yeah. going to be a substantially high resolution nonetheless. Sure. Do we have to assume that there's eye tracking inside of that headset? Is that probably... Yeah, or would, would that be, be a separate it would, feature? It would be Im- impossible to drive a headset with human eye resolution raw on even the best gpu even on the most simple content that would struggle so i would really say would probably have to be using eye tracking and foveated rendering though of course this is only a prototype so it's possible that this is only focused on resolution and he's viewing content that's running at you know three frames per second or something like that just for the sake we, we don't know there's been nothing in detail revealed perhaps this is a tease of some prototypes are going to see it connect so the, both zuckerberg and balls are keeping very minimal on the specific details for now Maybe because that allows people to impart what they want to see in it and lets people's own speculation go wild without having to actually deliver in the concrete details. Yeah, I don't think anybody is expecting this headset to show up as available. This is just showing progress. This is just showing that, look, we're working on things to push the envelope in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm not really not really sure if higher resolution is enough to get me to buy another headset. Though. At this point, like you're saying, Ian, eye tracking, form factor. What? Where are we at? What does the next headset need to have in order for us to run out and jump and buy? Okay, so this is the one that was teased, the slim design. Did you guys see on social media, a lot of people were saying that they felt like this image was photoshopped? I yeah. didn't see that mentioned for this image. I'll take credit for calling out the bad Photoshop before The Verge did, but I very much enjoyed their headline calling out the Photoshops on the, the headset we'll talk about a little bit later. But no, yeah. I, I thought this one looked like it was actually on there. Okay, yeah. I think it's the like the weird sheen on the front of it that people were like, that looks a little odd. It looks a little I was looking for the photographer, and it was trying to figure out the angle. I was a little confused by that. Yeah. I think it's because yeah. the light, you can see the actual light bleeding from under it to his face. It obviously, maybe it's just a very bright display, but it, I don't think that it looks real enough. And what would be the point of photoshopping an image like this? No, I know. I'm just saying that I know that was something that people were discussing yeah. on social media. And I took a long, long, hard look at this and I just couldn't see any reason to suspect that it was photoshopped. Obviously, there's something going on with the lighting, but that could be intentional but man he looks happy wearing that headset doesn't he he just looks really happy yeah it looks to be standalone i noticed the kind of strap on the back is thick enough that it could be you could see battery and compute in there and all of facebook's standalone headsets so far they've had everything in the front which really keeps up the bulk and the weight but looking at the size of this it looks like they you know, potentially have a much narrower optical path and they've moved some of those components to the rear, which would, you know, be a big improvement for something like Quest 2 that we're all wearing right now with its 500 grams in the front. So we're back to the ski goggle. Is that where we want to be? Is ski goggles? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it starts the, yeah. the term between yeah, glasses and goggles starts getting blurred here at some point and it's hard to figure out exactly. We'll talk to Heaney a little bit more about that in a little while, but like, 
blocking out the light and letting the outside light is i've been walking around with the ray-bans and it's weird to think that there's two types of uh devices coming there's one that you use at home for really great vr experiences with uh great augmented reality as well and then another device you take out maybe to wear all day out in the world as you go around outside and those might be completely different designs in how bulky they are and i wonder as we evolve the the future generations of these eyewear will we always have two kinds of glasses or goggles that we like do we wear goggles inside and glasses outdoors i I don't know if it works out that way i think it's fairly likely in the same way we have our phones on our laptops today and obviously you can get phones that plug into a monitor that can pretend to be a computer and you can get very portable tablets that some people can even carry around like an ipad mini but at the end of the day the practical physics-based engineering differences between those two devices mean that something that is very lightweight and you bring around with you all day is going to be something very different from something that is born in the home and only needs to have a battery life of five or so hours. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Just to answer our question, Kay Asante asks, forgive me if this question has been answered before, but what app do they use to film this show? This is a proprietary in-house made by our developer over here, David Heaney, who created this in Unity. And this is just ours. We're, we're not using... The, these are the Oculus V1 avatar. Yeah, if you, if you go back and yeah, if you go back and watch, what, two streams ago or one stream ago, you can watch... Or It's on our other side. It's over on an up, upload because we pre-recorded it. But you'll see us without our avatars where we didn't even have Facebook services providing us with an active like avatar system. We we're just mm-hmm. these plain blank avatars. And yeah, that's got a really... Like, we literally did nothing to make that happen. We just came into the studio to record that, and Facebook service services were down, so we didn't have avatars. That's how our app works. But the show must go on, even without an avatar. Very cool. Art, we know, Artful says, we know Kyle wants his VR helmet, and I do. I do want a helmet because I just want something that is going to accommodate my spectacles, my, my glasses. Uh, when I look at this, does that look like... Boz could be wearing a pair of glasses underneath that. Do you think there's enough room for that? Do we lose Heaney? Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about the actual... It's There's so many things that they have to figure into kind of getting these things to end consumers. Like getting prescriptions into these glasses or goggles is going to be such a task and making sure it's super easy to buy and get it ready for that prescription like in an effortless way is going to be such a big thing going forward. I have no idea. It's, it's such a hard, like, if they can actually build that into the headset itself, then it would be so much more, like, it, it was so interesting to me that they made that jump from Quest 1 to Quest 2 with it still being, having a, a wide range of IPD support, but now it's actually easier to adjust and find the setting, even if you can't find the exact distance between your IPD that you want it's now more likely people are going to actually change that setting every time they pick up the the glasses or the headset. I don't know if you'll have other mechanisms for that in the future. And I think Flow had some really cool systems for that. I would love to hear Heaney talk about that when we get to our next stop. Yeah, when we get to that, yeah. Yeah, the whole glasses thing, I, I just, I really, the idea, like I know Enreal and uh, Magic Leap and some of the other headsets that are out there have uh drop in lenses and the things that those are not cheap 
And I don't want to buy a full gamut. If I buy them for me, for me personally, but then I give the headset to somebody else to use, I don't necessarily have your lenses. So the idea of having it go over top of my already established spectacles is a feature that I am very insistent on. But I understand that right now, because this is my daily driver, my Quest 2, I have purchased lenses, custom lenses for this, because I'm the only one using this headset. But are we there yet where everybody in the house has a headset and everybody has their own prescription lenses? I I don't know. I I think Mm. we still need to be cautious about that. There's a lot of value in being able to pass your headset to somebody else. And if you too, if you make that too built in, it could be, I don't know. I don't know. Your, your phone is pretty private. How often do you hand your phone off to other people is Hmm. like a comparable thing. Some people would be totally fine, but other people, that phone is not leaving their hands. It's also not attached to my head. It's not, requiring me to not have my glasses on you know it's not a trade-off but i i, I don't know i don't know what, what else do we know about these headsets uh, heaney what, what what else do we know well should we mention alvin's response to buzz on twitter when he posted this oh yeah let, let's yeah. so htc's china president alvin grelin replied Hey, Boz, nice looking research project. Want to trade for a production quality device hot out of our factory? And obviously there's a bit of snark there in that this was shown just a day before HTC announced their product, Vive Flow. There's obviously a somewhat similar design and shape. And I think the joke kind of there is Facebook often does show us these advanced prototypes, but very little of what they've shown from their research labs has actually shipped in a product. And HTC is just pointing out we are actually shipping a very small headset as a product. And you're just showing prototypes. So I guess, as I've said on Twitter a few times, I, I still think these prototype show-offs are for recruitment of engineers and not actually for us VR users. They're the intended audience when, when Boz is showing this and Zuckerberg is showing the previous headset is, look what cool stuff people who come and work for Facebook Reality Labs get to work on. Why don't you join us? Because in these industries, it really is a massive competition for talent. And that's true across all of tech, whether it be electric cars or drones or vr headsets there are very few really world-class engineers and they are paid a very high salary if if these companies can get them on so i I really do think while alvin is obviously pointing out that these aren't this isn't a product that's not really what facebook's trying to do here i feel like boz and boz correct me if i'm wrong here I'll, i'll take the criticism but i feel like what he was saying was Hey, HTC, we could release a headset like you did, but we're choosing not to, even though we could, we're choosing not to because we want to add more features than what the flow provides is. Yeah, that's my interpretation. I asked Jason Rubin. I remember I had him at, we were checking out, I think some various titles. I think we, maybe it was uh, Beat Saber at some point. We're checking it out, like maybe the first 360 mode. And then we went and talked to Jason Rubin. and. He, I think their magically model was known at that point where you would wear this pack on your pocket and it would run a wire up to your headset. And he, he was this comment, you never forget the wire. You always remember it's there. And I'm really curious. Yeah, again, we're going to get into that with Heaney, but it's one of those things where it's a model that like maybe it works, but how disorienting or how much does it break? and 
how in what ways does that not work yeah who knows the cable some people have a problem with the cable other people obviously we haven't gotten into the flow we're not we haven't gone with the flow yet so heaney hasn't broken out and talked about that but stay tuned Wait, i want to talk about the comment that bringing up you saying a spectacle spectacled individual you have you did yes. you say that he did i, did he I say do that say year? spectacles <laughs> and i do like to say bespectacled individual because i am as is more than half of the planet's population i saw a comment here about oh if you're into if you're into vr and you wear glasses you probably already have contacts i did until my eyes got broken by the contacts that i wore in the early 90s and i can no longer wear contacts i i probably could for a very short period of time and i tried to in the very beginning when i first got into vr but it ruined my eyes and i have to wear glasses and i have terrible vision without them i can't see right in front of me without my glasses on so to me this is a very important fact about this technology and it, it, I, I feel like there are plenty of other people that i know personally and there's a lot of people out there whose voice hasn't been heard being able to support glasses is important, folks. It really is. So that's why I say it every time. Yes. Artful, you agree. You are also a bespectacled individual. So you deserve that level of respect. Yeah. We're all about inclusion, physical disabilities. That's what it is. Let's include, let's inclusive those people. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Do, do we think that Bosworth's very obvious strings hanging off of his zip up hoodie here was an indication that look nothing is attached do you think that there was a subliminal message about not having a cable <laughs> you think he thought after that like he saw the photoshop of like, the guy sitting on the couch with no wire running between the vibe flow and the headset and said let's let me wear this sweater with a just to prove that it's, it's actually wireless we're aiming for full wireless i'm Again, I'm sitting here with a headset, the Quest 2, that has a VR power on it and the VR ears. And the VR ears just caused me, like, I had to disconnect them. So I'm just hearing out of the headset itself. But I realized, like, this headset is super kitted out. And I want a really basic system at the end of the day. You've got to have such a basic, low-cost starting point. And requiring two devices at the outset is a completely different proposition than everything Facebook has decided is its path forward. So it's a pretty, yeah, it'd be a pretty obvious, bold statement to say that that's a standalone, but obviously no more information forthcoming. I My DMs are open all the time to anyone that wants to share any information about prototypes, specs, how they work, why they aren't ready for the, the full market. I always remember what Facebook, Facebook's, consulting CTO John Carmack said about the Quest Pro that he expected it he expects it to have a fraction of the buyers that the Quest 2 will have and Boz himself is saying the Quest 2 is going to be in the market for a long time we could be living in a world where Facebook is shipping that headset for quite a long time still I'll even take it a step further 10 minutes down the road from FRL. Redmond is right next door. And so at any given time, you can invite me. I, I will get in my car right now. I will leave this show right now and get in my car and drive to FRL. I pass it all of the time. My kids used to play soccer across the street. It's, yeah, I'll come down and check it out. You can show me all the cool things that you have available. Uh, open invitation to invite me. Is that like a 
can I invite them to invite me? What is that called? Well, whatever that is, that's what I'm doing. We'll we'll be very professional. Ian, you're going to, if I get invited, I want to see, gonna, if, yeah, let's go to Valve too while we're there. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah, see whatever Valve, Valve has yeah, in its right. design lab and yeah. what Microsoft is working on. I remember mm-hmm. I saw the early Microsoft stuff in like one of those rooms and it was just so, I don't know, it's, you have to try these things out sometimes over a long period. I'd much rather just have a surprising package arrive at the door with a new type of prototype or a new type of product to test out and really evaluate, to, to accept it into our lives. Because you don't, you go into some of these places and maybe the lighting is really bright and you don't think to test it in exactly how you would want to use it in a personal setting. So actually going to test these things sometimes in a lab lets you see some of the cutting edge, very coolest things. And I think we'll talk about that one, one of those like haptics things. That's the haptics things are amazing. Speaking of Microsoft yeah. and haptics and prototypes, that is actually our next topic. Yeah, All right, then let's talk about that. Let's do it because we want to have plenty of time. We want to have plenty of time to allow Heaney to share his experiences with the HCC product that we'll talk about. So Microsoft shows off adaptive shape VR controller prototype. It's called X-Rings. The device uses a stack of four motor-driven expandable rings with capacitive sensors to simulate grasping and even deforming virtual objects. Now, I am... Not impressed with this technology. I find this to be for a conversation. It's fantastic. And for experimentation, it's great for practical use. I feel like this is completely unnecessary in this form. Yeah, I do. And I'm not just trying to bring up controversial opinion, but yeah, for the sake of debate. But yeah, I don't think this is necessary. What I think is interesting is these weren't the only prototypes that were recently shown off by Microsoft. There were a couple others I was glancing at. This was the most interesting to me at first glance. But you've got like a demonstration of like rudimentary haptic pixels. I don't know what the term is for them at this point. But there's like a certain resolution here to how much detail in this hand this person could experience. And it isn't much. It isn't. It's this is the rudimentary basic building blocks of maybe we could start talking about what actually what resolution we actually really want in different types of scenarios. And that's what I, yeah, I, I don't know. And I also I can't help but look at this and see Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. And reaching inside the guy's heart and pulling it out. Spoiler alert for the 1980s or whatever. But this looks like the perfect haptic device for that experience. Wow, you're blowing my mind, Ian. And again, I'm being very cynical. Just, okay, resolution for your hand is not something I expected to hear. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah. The term they actually use in the paper is is shape rendering. So it is actually resolution. So there would be a shape rendering resolution. But I would actually disagree. I think this is an incredibly interesting prototype. And I would go as far as to say, I think we will see VR controller products ship with something like this in the next five to 10 years. The reason is you grab something in a controller today and you're always grabbing the same handle. It's always at the same width, regardless of whether you're grabbing something very wide or something very narrow. But with this, it's all it is essentially is an adaptive handle that can grow and shrink along different axes with what you're grabbing. And that completely changes how you feel virtual objects. And because it has the capacitive sensors on it, and it also has the motors have force strain sensors so they can feel how hard you're squeezing, you can do things like you squeeze 
a a glass like that or some sort of other object that will break as you squeeze it and it very quickly collapses in so you, you really feel like you've just smashed it and i think it's interesting to say that the resolution of this seems low but the test they did was that they had six virtual objects floating in front of you just outside of your view and they tested this on a few volunteers they had the volunteers reach forward to grab this device with no visual cues, so as if they were grabbing empty air, and they were asked, which of these six shapes in front of you do you think you're supposed to be grabbing based on what X-Rings is shape rendering? And the, the success rate was 80%, 80%. So I, th I think obviously this is clearly very effective at actually simulating virtual objects, and we do need to go beyond just this kind of PlayStation or Xbox controller split into half if we want to get more and more realistic VR where we actually feel like we're interacting with the environment around us. And obviously this is a bulky prototype and there's a Vive tracker strapped to the bottom. But the idea, the concept here, I think is really great. There has and been... shape displays was another term I saw in some of this research was like the idea that if you don't need a desk for for your like computer display, like it doesn't actually function. If you're using a VR headset at your desk instead of a display... Could the desk actually function as a haptic surface for something else? Could it push back at you in pretty dynamic ways and you're visually shown a completely different set of things? Okay. There used to be, and I'm sure it still exists in some form, a, a uh, product. It was Tactical Haptics Reactive Grip Controller. They had a very novel approach to creating stimuli that was very similar to this in terms of feeling movement in your hand by having these servos move these things up and down and, and you go fishing, you could stretch things, bend things. Very novel and very effective, in my opinion, uh, technology that nobody seemed to really want to include in their headset. Now, this is something that I saw firsthand. There's the low-hanging fruit there that you were asking <laughs> about. Firsthand at, uh, I think it was 2014 at the SVVR Expo was the first time I actually felt this, and it's been at every other thing since then. It's a fantastic experience, and it works really well, and that is the low-hanging fruit, in my opinion. This seems to be – gosh, I, I just – I can't get on board with this. I mean, the it's idea funny to that think low-hanging fruit, like low-hanging fruit would be literally the best haptic example of testing the ultimate haptic hands that Facebook, someone has a team at Facebook developing what you saw, a version of what you saw, but funded with how many people do you think is on that team? Because I'm convinced Facebook wants to be there first, and I'm sure there's research teams at all these different companies, but you don't want to throw too many people at a problem that has fundamental limitations. But like... Exactly what you're describing, where you're reaching up and grabbing a piece of fruit with your fingertips and then feeling the resistance of the tree pulling back. That's something that that glove, I remember them, they tried to do some things like that. But it's, again, I, I would call it super too low resolution is what I would call it. Oh, See, the idea that we're talking about resolution on our hands is mind blowing, too, because what would be the perfect thing? To pull an apple or a plum in, in this situation, artful, it would be an actual apple. How many different shapes does Boko, this thing need to be? Bogo, it's like the introductory free experience from Oculus. It's like they have a test bed right there that they can test that with over the years with those haptic hands they're developing. But this is only one reasonably sized, phallically shaped 
item. There isn't, is this going to be round? Is it going to be spherical? Is it going to be shaped like heart so that way you can rip it out of somebody's chest? Ian? Like, uh, what, well, what, I wonder about uh, bicycle grips, like uh, thinking about the doing that turning motion. If that would be, if those types of interactions, like every one of these things that we get are, are going to simulate different types of actions. And honestly, a, a handle that does a lot of different things could, with really great haptics hidden inside the handle, could end up being a pretty useful haptic device for a lot of use cases. Go ahead, Heaney. So, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just saying if you want to have a curved object on this, you just have the two top rings lower than the middle top ring, than the middle rings. And obviously with only four rings, that's very primitive, but it's still going to feel far more like an Apple than just re-grabbing the same VR controller every single time, which is what we have today. The, every object feels like it's the width of your touch controller or your index controller handle today. All this is saying, we're going to take that handle and go adaptive. And sure, it's not perfect, but it's better than what we have today. And over time, they'll be able to add, I'm sure, more and more rings and increase the resolution or find a different way of expanding. To, to go back to your point of tactical haptics, I agree with you. That was great tech. But one of the problems there is that it was very heavy and from what I understand, costly. Whereas this is actually a rather simple mechanical design and obviously, this is just a 3D printed prototype. But if this was going to be made into a product, they could achieve a much lower cost and much more, much closer to the cost of something like you see in the PlayStation 5's adaptive trigger. This is just like taking that adaptive trigger, making it into four different rings instead of two triggers, and then adding capacitive sensors to it. It's not anything that dramatically goes into $500 cost range or anything like that. It still feels limiting to me. It still feels very narrow in its usage. But that's just me. I don't have to love everything that we talk about. Yeah, it's early uh, days for this kind of stuff. It's really, it is early. The one that I thought was really cool, the, I, I didn't put a photo of it in the system, but it's imagine a desk with the other image we had before, but imagine a desk with, I don't know, a couple dozen, maybe a couple, maybe a hundred or something of these little actuators that could move up. And imagine you putting your hands out into the display, but only the actuators. It's exactly like that pin game that you can put your face into at a, yeah, what, yeah. a Spencer's Gifts. You yeah. would always get them yeah. at a Spencer's Gifts and you put your face in the thing. It's exactly like yeah. that, but on the surface so of your gross. table. And it could represent a 3D object pretty realistically, believably. You could at least see the topology of it. But then if you've got like a projector overhead projecting onto that surface... You've got a, a pretty cool thing. I know there's open source projects that do that for showing some augmented reality things in some cool ways. There's, I think UC Davis has a project like that. So we refer to this thing as a VR controller. And I don't think that is proper nomenclature. I don't think that this should be considered a VR controller. Well, why is this a VR? I need somebody to sell me on that term what else would you be using VR. it for we call it that because microsoft was pitching it as a vr controller their right, desk right. was in vr but i what else would you be using it for if not to simulate virtual objects in vr <sighs> i don't, I don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know is a xbox controller a vr controller is mm. it's a game controller okay maybe this is a game controller then yeah i think well, there's again, a big what, difference between simulating a hand versus simulating a handle like it's just your com completely different kind of approaches to the same problem. It's not just a handle. It's just an arbitrary kind of, as long as it's a radial object with a, a radius that is not 
asymmetric. That's the kind of object that this can simulate. But yeah, obviously, as you say, and as some of the commenters are saying here, the real goal that a lot of people want is gloves. And uh, we'll actually be we'll actually have an article up either later today or tomorrow from a company called Sense Glove, and they've just started shipping uh, the the lowest cost force feedback gloves that are wireless, and that's five thousand dollars for the pair. So you see, the problem with gloves is that to get the kind of gloves that people want, previous solutions were like twenty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars, and this company is the lowest cost at using the very cutting edge technology and doing everything they possibly can to bring down that cost. And that's $5,000. So we're still like one or two major breakthroughs away from someone finding out how to do that in a product $50 or $500. And we're still in that range. And, and even with, even if you were mass producing something like that, you're, only go, you're not going to be able to get it below $1,000 with today's technology. So gloves are obviously going to be the ultimate solution in many ways, but we're still a long way off affordable force feedback gloves. See, I guess that's one of the things too, is that I know that gloves are in the future, which is why I'm a little iffy on things like this, because controllers like this, like Microsoft, it's sure it's, it's a nice experiment. It's a nice thing to play around with and see what you can deal with. But you have to come up with uh, so many different variations of shapes that this thing has to be able to do. Whereas with the gloves, it's all about where your feeling is. And so the sensation itself, it doesn't have to be dependent on some physical item. It's simulating the physical item. I've tried many of the different gloves that are out there and its ability to stop you from moving your fingers to simulate the idea that you're holding on to something, I think is a more, I think it's a, a better and clever oh, solution than something like this. I think this is, it, it is not going to provide 10, us a forward solution. Yeah. It is, but it's 10 to a hundred times the cost. And that's the problem. It's like saying that flying by private jet is better than going economy. Sure. Absolutely. But if it's not affordable, it doesn't matter if it's better. If it can't be mass produced consumer price, it can't be in a consumer product wonder what something like this would cost to produce. I think if you, if it, based on the PS5 adaptive triggers, it would be a very similar kind of concept just in a circle and standing out on one axis. And I doubt something like that would be, obviously you have to add on all the other functions you want to put in, including tracking. But in terms of that actual mechanical apparatus, it shouldn't be anything ridiculously unaffordable. It should be a few dozen dollars. I'll tell you right now, as long as they put a thumbstick on it, everybody will be happy. It looks like they don't at the top. Oh, man. Okay. Anything else that we want to talk about with this? Ian, any any further? No, I just, I, I last I think we heard is it's a, yeah, several breakthroughs away from having dramatic improvements. I'll still like the Switch Joy-Cons have great haptics, and so do some of the VR controllers. But I don't know. We're going to, I think we're going to see a PS5 DualSense as like the state of the art and what you can do in mass produced haptics right now. And I can't wait to see what the next step beyond that is. Yeah. Yeah. Haptics is cool. I've been saying for years that the ultimate haptics, the one that I'll be like, wow, they finally got haptics, is when I can put my hand on this desk right here and lean on it and trust it. that is the ultimate haptics. No, wait, we're we're gonna, so as soon as we've got desk support, are you going to be ready for that, Heaney? 
Oh, you mean like, an actual real desk? I thought, I thought I think Kyle may ask even when there isn't a desk there. Yeah, there's no desk here. There's no desk oh, no, here. So, I can't so lean on when this. there's no desk, yeah. you're actually going to feel it. Exactly. That's how much weight? How can it support? Are we going to? There's going to be a pound testing rating for these, like up well, to five I'm, pounds. I'm of ready to do pound testing. <laughs> I'll start pound testing whatever anybody needs pound tested. <laughs> yeah, I think that's decades away. But in the meantime, as Ian's suggesting, how I think this technology will evolve is that you will be able to very easily and perhaps even automatically align this desk with your real desk. You will just, in the short term, you'll just tap your desk and the virtual desk will align exactly to it. And in the long term, the content will automatically generate a virtual desk where your real desk is or even where your bed is or just wherever there is a surface that it can use. Because at the end of the day, it can't put extra furniture in your room. And yeah, maybe in a few decades, there'll be a mat that can, you know, spring out from the floor and rapidly adjust height so that you can lean on things but yeah it seems like that's decades away at least if you're like strung up like a marionette they'd be able to (laughs) stop you from doing i there's companies that are working on that there are full body things you get into i I don't doubt it'll be a thing in the enterprise market at some point but again it's uh personally Mm -hmm. i've always been more interested in what can come to consumers and i don't see that happening for decades yeah we can dream we can dream Oh boy, I guess everybody is anxiously awaiting our next piece of news. So let's just dig in here. Can you see the image in? Mine's not. Yeah, I'll do the images. I'll get the image. Oh, do you want me to throw that? uh, Okay. So the next piece of news, it's all about the Vive Flow, HTC Vive Flow. And we were fortunate enough to have our own David Heaney go with the flow. And try it out hands-on with the flow. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let him talk now for as long as he needs to answer all of your questions. So start throwing them up there now. I thought you were going to ask me a question to start. Do you want me to ask you a question? I guess I'll give a brief summary and that I'll say that, as I said in my write-up, this is truly by far the lightest and most comfortable headset I have ever worn. It is an extremely noticeable difference from a face box like a quest 2 or even an index which is very comfortable but still very heavy this is the kind of headset and I, I was in it for 45 minutes and i did not feel at any point i want this thing off or this is too much weight or there was just no discomfort like that it was like wearing a comfortable pair of headphones you don't sit there thinking oh i hate this i re- want to get out of it it's just something that can be comfortable for as many hours as you want to watch content And obviously the problem with this device is that it is still wired. The computing is done on board, but there is only a very tiny battery inside. And that battery is only designed so that if you accidentally unplug the headset from a power source, that you have a something like 30 seconds to a minute countdown until standby. And that gives you time to replug in. And in terms of what this is plugging into, you can plug it into an Android phone that supports charging other devices, which is almost all of them. You can plug it into your laptop. You can plug it into the USB port on a train, or you can plug it into a power pack because HTC actually designed this device specifically around staying under 7.5 watts, which is the wattage that USB can reliably deliver. So anywhere you have a USB port, this thing can be powered. The problem is, though, as Ian alluded to earlier, you never really forget that you're wearing something wired. While the, the comfort of the headset itself is really fantastic, Sometimes, a few times in the demo specifically, you would forget where your wire and battery pack is and pull it out. 
And again, it's not an issue because you can plug it back in. And maybe if you were a little less clumsy than me and put your battery in a more sensible position, that's not going to happen to you. But it is a consideration that is there. And that, yeah, the other thing is obviously that this is controlled by your Android phone. It works as a rotational laser pointer. And that, yeah, it's pretty much the same experience as an Oculus Go or Mirage Solo in that it's a little bit disorientating as to the fact that your controller isn't where it really is in real life in VR. And because there are no buttons, it's just your touch surface, you'll sometimes press the wrong thing. But HTC tells us that hand tracking is coming in the future. And yeah, the last thing I'm going to say here is I do not understand why they didn't just wait for hand tracking to launch this device. It seems like it would be a completely different product with a completely different kind of appeal. But that was my impression of it. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So for those of you who were watching the stream, we were playing around. When I first saw the photon there, I said it artful. I, I immediately said that I felt like the... Uh, character from the He-Man show, and I'm just going to throw it up here, Buzz Off. That's what the photon looked like. And I had said that when they were showing off the prototype a long time ago. And just to give the example of what it could end up being, here is Heaney, basically as a He-Man action figure. It's pretty darn close. Um, Heaney, I have so many questions for you, and, and feel free to Ian, I'm done playing now with all of my He-Man images. So just to be clear here and just to clear some stuff up for some folks. So the the cord was coming off of the back of the device and going down to your phone or I or should say any battery. Okay. Any USB power source. Any USB power source. Was it USB-C? Yes. That little, so you can see the little connector up there. That's all there yeah. is on there. That's a USB-C. If you plug in literally any USB-C charger, be it your phone, laptop, a, a trains USB port or anything that's a battery pack in your pocket. Yes. At a battery pack in your pocket. And that's what I demoed it with. They gave me a battery pack to put into my pocket or just rest. On. Did they talk to you at all about the power consumption? If I'm sitting here watching, uh, I don't know, a three hour movie or doing some sort of marathon of some sort, what is the expected battery that I'm going to have available to me? Yeah, it completely depends on what device you're using. If you're using something like a, a 10,000 milliamp bar or 20,000 milliamp bar battery, you should be able to go for five to 10 hours or something like that. Obviously, if you're using your phone, that's really only for short sessions because you don't want to waste your phone's battery. If you're using a laptop, you're obviously going to have more time, but it's it's all just the device does not come with a power source. You do not get a battery with this. You choose what battery you want to use. HTC will sell you a power pack for it. They openly admit it. It's no different than the one you might get on Amazon. If you have a power pack, if you want to buy a cheap one on Amazon from a brand you trust, those will all work as long as they're from a reputable brand that, brand that complies with the USB spec. So, so battery based life on what, is completely dependent on what you use. So based on what I've read, though, there is a tiny amount of battery charge that it holds did they give you any information on how long that is like i can tell you because when i disconnected it what the on screen is just a countdown to standby so you you can no longer use the device when you disconnect an external battery you're just told basically device will go to standby in i can't remember the exact amount of seconds but it was seconds not minutes and htc says the device will go to standby it will preserve the session so it'll be stored the ram will be stored on the disk or whatever on the drive so once you do plug it back in 
Even if you did go to standby, you'll be back to where you were. And if you do plug it in during that countdown, everything just resumes as you were before. But yeah, the, the battery in this is not meant to be used standalone. It is just an emergency for if you disconnect the plug. So plugging your phone in and using it as a controller and all of that, uh, if you have, can your phone be used as the controller without it actually being physically plugged in? It'll just connect via Bluetooth. Is that, that's correct, Yes. Right? The, the yeah. phone is actually meant to be, HCC would recommend that you use it wireless. The, the connection between your phone is wireless. And to be clear, it's not just the controller. It's your, if, if you're using one of the compatible Android phones, and we'll have an article tomorrow about this, but actually not even all Android phones are compatible. It has to support Miracast to be compatible, which annoyingly excludes Google Pixel phones. But if your phone is compatible, you can cast your screen from your phone onto this virtual cinema screen in front of you. And because it supports HDCP, you can bring up Netflix. In the demo, they had Disney+. Plus. I was able to browse through. I, I opened some Pixar content to try the audio quality and find the audio quality was surprisingly great. For Look at those tiny little glasses-like strap arms. So yeah, you, you can use this thing as a virtual cinema. And that's what it is. It's not a room-scale VR headset to compete with Quest 2. It's not a PC headset to compete with the reverb for Sims or anything like that, though I guess I'm sure some people will find a way to use that. What this really is a portable cinema for people who live in small shared accommodation that don't have access to their own TV, or for people who travel a lot and are on 14-hour flights sitting there completely bored with nothing to do, or if you travel on the train and the train has a USB port like most trains in most developed countries these days, if you're constantly traveling to a hotel and you don't want to just be stuck with their TV channels and depending on what hotel you're in. This thing is a portable cinema and that's what it's great at. But once you start to try and use it as more than that's where it doesn't really seem appealing to me because the VR apps I tried where you're actually in a virtual reality experience, they were severely limited by the fact you only had this little rotational laser pointer and by the fact that none of them seem to be making frame rate. This thing has a refresh rate of 75 hertz. It was dropping frames constantly. And HCC did warn that this is beta software I was trying. So maybe that'll be fixed by the time, but I don't think so. I think that's an afterthought. And the real appeal of this is it's a portable cinema. How was the menu and in, in the set? When you first put the headset on, did you open up to a home with a menu and like, how was that experience? Yeah. You open up to something very similar than what you would see in a quest two or a Vive focus. It's just a basic standalone menu where you have your VR apps, your settings, the store where you can access and purchase content. And then one of the rows, one of the main buttons was just phone view. And as soon as you tap that, your phone just came up. There wasn't, there was no like connecting or pair this or press this. As soon as you tap that item on the main menu, you saw your phone there in perfect quality and you can switch it to landscape mode. You can zoom, you can interact with it instantly. I have to say, I was very impressed by the phone casting part of this. And that really is, that's the main sell of the product. Everything else is peripheral. How much better would it be if you were able to sync up the screen to the position of the phone? That would, I would make it a lot, if that was a sixth off control, that would make it a lot more 
comfortable to actually control. It would make it less awkward in terms of accidentally pressing or pointing the wrong way. And it would obviously open up apps to be able to do more advanced interactions. By far, the weakest aspect of this device is the input, the fact that you're literally back to the Oculus Go controller style, but worse because there's not even tactile buttons to press. You're just pressing touch parts on your screen. So we've got Guy Godin in our comments, the developer of Virtual Desktop, saying, I find the form factor, size, and weight to be compelling. However, screens and system on a chip left a lot to be desired. I'll reserve judgment until I get to try it. I think that's a interesting comment from Guy Godin because getting your six like getting your 2D games from your computer or to your glasses, your VR glasses would be a pretty compelling or, or cool use case, especially if you've got six off comfort for being able to lean around this giant screen. Yeah, compared to Go, it was great to be able to lean from side to side because the problem with Oculus Go is as soon as you do any of that leaning, you start to feel instantly uncomfortable, or at least I do. And that was one of the first things I noticed with this is you start to lean and it's fine. One comment I want to reply to here is someone was saying they they really wanted to have a top strap and another person was saying, well, maybe I find it comfortable because I'm used to wearing a headset. No, I, I honestly, I'm, I am a snob when it comes to the comfort of headsets i i will the first one to admit that every headset on the market today is uncomfortable i am telling you now this thing did not need a top strap it felt like wearing a pair of headphones it, it's 189 grams the phone i was using with it weighed more than the headset itself it really you can say what you want about this product and it has its weaknesses but the comfort aspect is real it's i'm not exaggerating it is incredibly comfortable so this uh, good, perfect image here, Ian. I'm curious about that foam, that padding around it. Would you say the same thing in terms of comfort without that that padding around it? Say again, sorry, I cut off. So, so, so all the fabric is gone now, and so this is just. And I've seen a few p- images on, on social media, people wearing it like this. Is it still that same level of comfort? without that padding around it did you even ch- try it without the padding yeah i did but you w- you wouldn't want that because your peripheral vision is completely exposed and the lenses are pretty sensitive to internal reflections so i noticed that when so these are multi-element pancake lenses so i noticed that when i did try it like that you any light in the room you would see reflected in so that little gasket attaches magnetically and it, do- it doesn't only just keep your view blocked and give you a little bit of comfortable padding it helps to keep the lenses isolated from any external light that might ruin the image quality. You know, this being a media consumption device, I'm curious, did they demonstrate for you any stereo or VR 180 or VR 360 video content at all? They did not because, as I said, the the video content I was trying was just from a phone and it literally is just your phone mirrored onto a giant floating screen in front of you as you would see in many sort of apps that mirror your pc there was no i, I we'd need to ask htc if there's support for a kind of side yeah, by side mode yeah or something i like think that. that's pretty important uh, but nothing nothing <laughs> i tried was yeah I, I guess if there's content for it if, you, if you're someone's using their phone the content on the phone isn't other than youtube isn't really going to support that in something like netflix that's something they would need native apps for and all of the native apps that I saw on it were VR environments, Vive Sync, and something like Pirate Bashers, very simple, casual games, the type you would find on Gear VR and Google Cardboard and Oculus Go. There was nothing super immersive in the VR category. And as I said, they were all just dropping frames all over the place. 
Sure. The, uh, what was it? The original Oculus Rift Consumer Edition was, uh, what, 72 hertz, I think, when it first came out. And uh, the, I think the they Rift eventually... TV one, 90 hertz. You, the DK2 was 72, 75 Was it the DK2? Or, I can never remember which one. But yeah, I, I remember recognizing that it was... Eh, it had room for improvement at 72 or 75 hertz. So... I, I can totally dig that, that that frame rate. What do you think the logic to that is? Just the ch- cheaper, uh, I shouldn't say cheaper, less expensive panels with lower requirements allowing better performance? What, how do we justify that for refresh rate? As far as I understand, it's two things. It's one, they again, they have to keep this device below the amount of power consumption that a USB port can power because they really wanted to make sure that any USB port that complies with the USB spec that you plug this into can power the device. So they would obviously have to keep the display slightly underclocked. It's also probably the fact that they are using... HTC wouldn't tell us what processor was in this, but it's fairly obvious that it's probably the Qualcomm XR1 chip. So it's you're talking about something with substantially less power than what's available in like the Quest 2 and Vive Focus 3. So you take those two factors together, lower power consumption and a less powerful chip, and that kind of explains why you don't see 90 or 120 hertz. Uh, Aria, just asking here, is the resolution really enough for it? Yes, it felt the, the visual quality felt very similar to Quest 2. You have to remember the field of view is actually slightly lower than the Quest 2, not by much, but only slightly. So the angular resolution is a little bit higher there. The display quality wasn't an issue when I was trying movies in Disney Plus. They looked they looked great. Yeah, Guy actually made the comment here in, in the in the chat about the seventy five hertz being strange when most movies you know, you'd want to do twenty four frames per second interpolation and all of that. He's saying what I'm thinking. Why isn't it seventy two? Why is it seventy five? I don't know. Maybe to take into account for the you know two or three frames that'll drop each time. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> That is a good question. Uh, it could also so be the, the flicker thing. I've forgotten though. Is there what's the internal storage or is there internal storage? Yeah, there is internal storage. It was sixty-four gigabytes, I believe. Sixty-four gigabytes of internal so 64 storage. Sixty-four gigabytes. And, and you could in what circumstances could you actually get, say, two movie length MP4s that are playable with only a battery pack in your Yeah, if there was a if someone made a video player app for this and you were able to sideload on videos you could do that but why would you need to when you could just have them on your phone which you know if you have a high-end android phone these days you're going to have 128 to one terabyte of storage sitting there and you can just without having to load anything on you can just play it but yeah you could do that you could put on depends how they're encoded but you could have a dozen or so movies on there at a low bit rate the question on my mind other than whether or not you can wear glasses with this. did they? Uh, well, before I get to this, uh, did they actually say anything about wearing glasses with this? Yeah, I, I keep meaning to mention this. Ian, can you put up the image where you can see the diopter adjustment? So yeah, yeah, just like we've seen in some headsets, including Huawei's VR glass, which is remarkably similar looking to this, a lot of people have pointed out, and almost looks like there was some degree of collaboration or maybe just inspiration. Yeah, you don't need to wear glasses because there is diopter adjustment. On each of the lenses, you can just directly adjust for your for your eyesight so there is no ipd adjustment you can't move the lenses further and narrower apart but htc did say there is a very wide eye box here 
my IPD is in the middle of the road, so I can't really know if there was an issue. I don't have a narrow or a wide IPD, but I can tell you that I have perfect vision, so I didn't need to use the diopter adjustment. It felt good to use. It was precise. There was no kind of issue with it. And the reports I've heard from other people who have tried this who do use glasses say they were able to easily dial in for their prescription. Yeah, I'm excited. Do- I'm about that. I'm really excited about that. I think that's pretty valuable. And that really is the word here. A lot of people are focusing on the $499 cost. But let's talk about the right word, which is value. What is the value of this headset? Is it something that I would want to purchase already having multiple headsets, already owning something that is significantly less in cost, but higher in what it can do. The Quest 2 is cheaper and has a higher value to me because of the functions that it can handle. So my question to the panel here and to you in the chat, is the value of this headset correct? What it costs versus what it can do. And Heaney, you're the one that had it on your head. What do you think? I think it it depends who you are. I I think there's only a few people who this is worth it right now. If this was $100, I think this would be something that a huge market of tens of millions of people would want to own because there are so many people that do not have access to their own television because of where they live or because of who they live with. But at $500, if you're someone who is fairly affluent and you travel a lot and you're on trains and planes and hotel rooms, yes, it could be worth it to not have to be bored for 14 hours on a flight or in different hotel rooms and watch whatever random channels they have on television. I actually do think this would be a, a, a worth $500. If you are a normal uh, Without person, hand tracking? You, yeah, without hand tracking, because your hand tracking is still only for how you interact to get up the, the content at the end of the day, what you're going to be using this for, if you're you, in the use cases I've described of, of traveling and going into hotels, is you're going to be putting up some sort of movie on Disney Plus or Netflix and just sitting there and watching it. It's a little awkward to have to use that that controller, but if you're a normal person who just wants their own cinema screen, at five hundred dollars is too much for just a device like this because you're at the point where you could probably just purchase your own television. Then, so unless you didn't have space, but even then, you wouldn't want to spend five hundred dollars just for this. That—that that was the point I was going to make, Heaney. Is that for all of those reasons to justify this, I could go to Walmart and drop a hundred dollars on a really inexpensive Android tablet and get all those same features. I'm, well, I'm yeah, trying to. You would fig- have a tiny yeah. little screen. But the, the, well, I mean, this thing is know, going to look uh, like having the biggest screen. You would have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get a physical screen that looks this big. So size makes a difference. I guess I'm just trying to understand this flow that we've, we've got Geek Odin out there uh, in our comments where their, their most recent feature for virtual desktop is local media downloads from your PC device. And as well as like pretty high frame rate streaming if you have that sort of setup. But I, if I could just put this on my head and with hand tracking, download 10 videos from my PC, and then just have a battery pack in my pocket, that's useful. That's something, that's a cool thing. I, I But without hand tracking, I hate the fact that it relies on the phone as a fallback input. I, I like that it's there as if you need it, but it feels like it needs to be able to actually, 
I don't know, reach out and, and select those things in midair. Yeah, it, again, it, I agree with you that you're sort of downloading videos and even, as you say, with virtual desktop, you could play games if you had your controller connected to the host device. It's, it's very compelling, but is it $500 compelling? It, does hand tracking make it $500 compelling? I'm still not sure because at the end of the day, whatever the input device you have for this, input is going to be used for a very little amount of time. This is a passive device, really. It's a device that you will sit and watch content most of the time using no input whatsoever. And yeah, you could maybe play phone games or something on this. You could play something like Flappy Bird and the kind of crossy road and content that you only have to tap every so often for. But I don't think that kind of content is compelling on a big screen. But there's a reason that people buy bigger and bigger televisions, and there's a reason that people go to cinemas. And there is something, to your point, Kyle, about the, the tablet and the big screen, there is something compelling about watching a movie on a really big screen. Artful says, I will say this again, the flow isn't for the Western market. Now, a little birdie told me that, first of all, it, this does not work with an iPhone currently. But it also, a little birdie told me that this doesn't work with the Exynos processors uh, he need do, do we know if that is accurate or not that is accurate and it, it's not just that there are a whole range of phones the android phones that it doesn't work with like i said tomorrow we'll have an article on which phones it does work with but it basically has to be a phone that supports miracast and i think it, i could be wrong about this but maybe there's an issue there with miracast and exynos and that's the issue because but yeah, that he, kind of limits a lot of yeah. the non-Western phones because that's the whole thing with the Exynos chips is that you don't get those typically here in the, in North America and in things. It's that's mostly other side of the planet type of stuff, right? Yeah, I guess we got to wonder when HCC says it's exploring iPhone, you know, which they've told us, what does that really mean? Unreal Air have managed to support iPhone with their product. HTC may be able to at some point in the future. And if they can do that, will open it up to so many more people. Because as you're alluding to, there's just, there's going to be so many people who do want this product, but don't have the right phone for it. But to the Asian market point, I do get that because there are a lot of sort of mega cities in those markets where people are in incredibly small accommodation. And you just, even if you are affluent, you can't have a very large display practically in your apartment. And we've heard that in Tokyo, for example, the Oculus Go and Quest 2 are actually quite commonly used for this media viewing use case. So if you have a device that is just specifically for it and so much more comfortable to wear for hours and can cast from your phone, I can see that doing well in those markets. But again, as you say, such an issue if their phone can't actually be supported. So I have to ask this question because it was asked of me by someone who has a Go, and they want to know what the advantages are of this device over the Oculus Go. And obvious, the obvious one was the 6 office support, but what is the second obvious thing? That it doesn't feel like a brick on your face. It feels like... <laughs> A pair of glasses. <laughs> That's, I mean, it sounds obvious to say, but it really is that. It's not, it's, it's a third of the weight is the answer. So form factor is definitely one of the major selling features to this device. Yeah, it really, that is really at the end of the day, what HTC is doing. They're the first company to bring this form factor to the West. Huawei already have it in China, but no one has actually gone all the way to launch this as a product in the West until now. 
see, I want to make everybody aware of the fact that I want this product to be awesome. I do. I had high hopes for this product. I wanted it to offer things that increased its value to justify the cost. And there's a very good possibility that with updates, Ian's big on the hand tracking. If they add the hand tracking and they add a couple extra things to this headset, there could very well be higher value than what I'm currently seeing for this headset for that price. Or it could be a price reduction or somewhere it's going to equalize at some point because I want to buy one of these headsets but I just can't justify that price for the features that it's offering. And I've seen numerous people on social media say that this is the headset for people who don't like VR. And my head explodes every time I see that. It's the VR headset for people who don't like VR. Yeah, it was the headline from Verge. That was a pretty good, head, the cl- pretty clever headline. Yeah, um, that was Addy from The Verge. So they, they came up with that one, I think. Just to answer this question from Hey Hedge JJ, did you feel like a strap would be better than the ear frame? No, not from a comfort perspective. The only issue I had with the strap is, sorry, with the frame is that I had to push it against my face a few times because if it's not a strap, it's not really attached. Like you can sometimes have it slide forward a little bit. So you have to try to get the hand tracking to keep working while I show this. Push it against your face like that. But that's not the end of the world. And sometimes you have to adjust your headphones. For, the, for what you get in the sense of just how effortlessly you can slip it on and off and just flick it up and down, I think that's a good enough trade-off. But yeah, as you say, it would, it's perplexing that this didn't launch with hand tracking. If they can have hand tracking on this, why didn't they just wait for it to launch? Sorry, can continue with what you are going to say there, Ian. Oh, I was just thinking, checking out the comments here. And yeah, hand tracking is so important to me personally, as far as input. It's, I don't know, you going back to the very first five PC-based headset, there was an app you could use to take calls inside of your device. And I don't know. I'm. I I think it needs to be. I'm. I'm just. I don't know how great that's going to be to have this power pack with you at all times. I didn't like the Vive wireless that came out in 2018 because of having this having to have this pack on you at all times. Of course, if that pack went off, uh, you would be out of commission pretty fast. But I don't know. I just. It's hard for me to imagine using it for two hours with a pack attached, but. Then again, it's you never expect how these things are kind of embed themselves into your lives if you actually, I don't know, see your friend using it. Like, I think that's where we are with Quest. Is I feel like there's going to be a lot of people being sold that headset this holiday season just based on their friends telling them what they're able to do with their Quest headset. That's that's not going to happen with this headset, I don't think. Just to reply to the comments again, people talking about does the Focus 3 have hand tracking? The Focus 3 has actually had hand tracking for months now, since June or July. HTC recently in the past few weeks added it to the system menu so you can interact on the Focus 3 with the system menu. But developers have had access to it for uh, since July. But that was another headset that did launch without hand tracking at the start and it had to take a little while after until it did have hand tracking. Perplexing why HTC wouldn't just wait. What's the Sorry, cost on the Focus in? 3? Uh, Ian, you've muted yourself? Or did you do that on purpose? The Focus oh, Three, it's thirteen hundred dollars. Thirteen, okay, okay. Just Dude, I can deal with bad hand tracking if all I have to do is hit play. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and it's very dependent mm-hmm. on your lighting. People say people are saying here hand tracking is not good enough yet. 
I don't know, on if you're using the high frequency hand tracking on Quest 2 right now, this is this is pretty damn good. Like it's usable, more than usable for media players. I interact with media players all the time. I find it less cumbersome than having to go and pick up a controller. If you know if you're just pointing and pinching at things, which is all you need for a media player, it's fine. Obviously this isn't good enough for gaming yet. You're not gonna be able to do fast interactions, but even if I'm standing up and walking around with this hand tracking now, it stays pretty consistent. It works. I can do one, two, three, four, five. It's yeah, it's fine. So if they can ship hand tracking that's as good as this or even close to as good as this on on focus, sorry, on flow, it should be more than good enough for interacting with media apps. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I guess because of the whole concept of the value and the idea of this is a VR headset for people who don't like VR. And I feel like that he- that headline was based solely on the form factor. I don't think that I feel like it was all about just the way it went on your head and the way it looked. No, Anakazi, I said it's fine, F I N E. Fine. So I was trying to stand up and use the headset at the same time. It's fine. But yeah, so so Bicycle is saying here, Sexy Bicycle is saying, if you wanted to watch a movie on the plane, you'd have to have headset, external battery, headphones, and phone. Unless the plane has a USB port in the seat, in which case you just plug straight into the USB port. And I guess it depends on what country you're from, but it, if you're in a country where most airlines have a USB port, you can just rely on that. But I, I don't know if every airline in every country has USB ports. Geez, I wonder how quickly we would use up the battery on an airplane if everybody plugged their flow. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that plane is pulling power from something. Who knows? <laughs> The comment yeah, I no, saw, it, I think, it, it, on Heaney's video, his hands-on video that kind of stuck with me or stood out was HTC is really good at making things I don't want to buy. Uh, Heaney, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, it makes sense. And again, it's one of those things where if this thing was $150, if it was mm-hmm. even $200, this would be a completely different conversation. Yeah. But $500 is rough for what this is. and. Yeah, it's it feels like a glimpse of the future more than a product that many people are going to really want to buy today. That kind of feels I, I, like the story yeah. of HTC over the last couple of years is, is missing on price to such an extent that it makes it really hard to justify all across the board to the point that Kyle is getting at. It's just, uh, yeah, just, justifying that up, that price is tough for that limited use case, but it's still going to maybe find its niche. We'll see. How different. And I know this is absurd. I know that this is ridiculous. The HTC folks that are watching this and going, they don't get it. I do get it. And I know it would be absurd to say that if this product came out at $249, I'd be hyping it up. No problem. Because the value of at $249, what it could do. Notice I didn't say 199 because I'm trying to be realistic. There has to be some level of give and take there. It's not, you don't have to sign up for HTC book to use this. So there's no subsidizing or anything going on. I, I don't know. I'm confused by this product. I really. Chris Richardson asks, aren't there a ton of cinema glasses available? Is this really best in class among those others? I don't think there's many in the West, at least not many with a wide field of view. There are some Kickstarter-style projects and their earphone shape, but those things are like 20 or 40-degree field of view. You're getting like an opaque AR field of view. There's also no tracking on those, so it's not a screen floating in place in front of you. It's just fixed to your head, which is maybe some people like that, but I find that fairly uncomfortable. The closest thing is Enreal Air, but it's not shipping in the West. It's only shipping in 
was it South Korea, Japan, China? So for now, at least, this is unique in the West. The other question from Sampler was, how bad were the apps performing? It's hard to tell exactly what the frame rate was, but I'm someone who doesn't get motion sick from VR, but if there, if frames are dropping, I get sick just from the performance drop, as in it needs to be smooth, and I could tell that it was definitely not at 75 frames per second in any of the apps I tried. Even in, I accidentally opened Vive Sync, which is their kind of workrooms equivalent, their VR meeting software, and even in the login screen where you're just in some sort of virtual welcome room with a login in front of you, it wasn't at 75 frames per second. So... Again, it was beta software. There could be a performance issue in the software that we don't know about. We'll have to really try the production device to know for sure. But as far as I can tell, this thing just isn't powerful enough to run VR apps of the kind that we see even on Quest 2. So from a pass-through AR perspective, I don't know if we've really touched on that a whole lot. What Was there pass-through capabilities on this headset? Yeah, there there is a pass-through option. I tried it, and it looked pretty much identical to Quest 2's pass-through, low resolution okay. and black and white. I didn't try it for long enough to really check whether the perspective was correct because I wanted to get back into trying the main stuff. But yeah, there is pass-through. But I don't know if you would really need it. You can you can flip this thing up like you would flip up glasses, and it, it's not like putting a normal VR headset on top of your head where you, it kind of feels uncomfortable. It can comfortably just sit on the top of your head. One of the things that Ian and I had discussed when we were speculating, <laughs> spectacles speculating, was that we could have pass through and then a big screen on the wall showing a video that stays on the wall that would require six off capabilities and tracking. Any indication that this product can do that? They didn't say anything about a pass through API of the likes we're just seeing launched on the Quest 2. Again, that's where you get into the territory of something like Unreal Air is going to be better. This kind of product is for fully immersive staying in the virtual world with a yeah, so cinema screen in front of you. I want to bring up uh, Bicycle's comment here. I'm not an Oculus Facebook hater. and feel like this device is inherently overpriced, but it feels like Facebook selling Quest 2s at a loss really messed up our expectations of what devices should cost. That is a fair, I think, observation for yeah. a, a lot of the commentary out there that we see. It's definitely um, yeah, training people to think that things, I, I don't know, it, it's got to be making people think Facebook provides what? A something no one else can match. What, what does it make? How can anyone compete with that is what I keep coming back to. Yeah, it's challenging to know just exactly how much below cost Quest 2 is priced, or maybe it is at cost, because we could we don't know how R and D is factored in. But it does seem like it makes it very difficult for HCC to compete in the consumer market. The fact that we haven't seen them just release a like for like Quest 2 competitor is probably a good sign that they can't financially viably do it. You'd have to wonder if they could explore some sort of alternative pricing models, such as a subscription. They already have vive port infinity where you can subscribe to get content and it actually on pc vr is quite compelling if you look at what you get for that vive port infinity subscription it's incredibly good value so what i would wonder is there a future where htc 
gives you a subscription that gives you the headset and the content in one price rather than one off because Facebook obviously isn't doing that. Would people want to pay $50 a month for something like this over 10 months or $50 a month over 12 months if that included the content? It's hard to know, but obviously HCC just like for like compete. So this is what it's really trying to do here is take a subsection of the market that it feels Facebook has ignored or isn't currently paying attention to and go after it. And we'll have to see whether that's successful or whether there really just is no way for a company as small as HTC to compete with a company as large as Facebook. See, I just don't see that social media banter happening is one company going, we're not going to lose money on every hard piece of hardware we sell, but we won't have as many people. And then the other company says, we're losing a boatload of money with each headset we sell, but we have a whole bunch of people in our ecosystem. Isn't that really what's going on here between the two companies? Yeah, we saw the Apple stuff come out today. And I was, Kyle, I sent you the picture of like how much it costs yeah. monthly. <laughs> for If you wanted to go get the MacBook Pro, the new MacBook Pro that was announced today and kit it out with one terabyte of storage and the highest end processor with, what was it, 64 gigabytes of RAM, I think is what they said. So if you kit it out and it's $4,000 for this device and you could break it up into $350 monthly payments for a year. And that's built into the Apple purchasing app. So you go to the app on iPhone and you could actually go through the system and just pay this uh, price of a Quest, slightly more than a Quest up front for your brand new high-end Apple laptop. When are we going to see monthly pricing for VR headsets? Is I guess what I'm getting at here. Don't give the industry leaders that idea, Ian. (laughs) You you don't think Facebook Plus is a service that like someone at Facebook is envisioning? You need to play $9.99 and get your newest Quest uh, headset sent to you? Oh, Oh, wow. Gosh, that's scary. That's a scary future. But yeah, I guess that's a possibility down the road. A subscription's got to be working towards that. And especially the Quest Pro gives them a great chance to test out a lot of these things that we're talking about. Prescription and monthly prices. That's where I start imagining them really thinking about these high-end products, pushing the envelope in really crazy ways. If you attach it to a monthly payment rather than this crazy upfront price, you could really convince a lot of people to to give VR a try. I don't know. Yeah, some retailers did that. I remember walking through Edinburgh in 2016 and seeing a massive poster in one of the main parts of the city for get an Oculus Rift for 25 pounds a month. And I, I just don't. I don't know if it. I don't know if that's going to be the tipping point for anyone at this point. It has to be one of those things. People really only want to pay a subscription for a few things, and your smartphone and your laptop maybe covers that, but. We'll probably have to see VR headsets become more generally useful and more essential to get enough people to want to subscribe to buy one. In the chat, but or something says uh, rent a center. No, it's rent a center. Put a V in front of it. There you go, Ian. Is that our next model? Upload presents. Oh, man. Uh, If you've seen the Upload TV show, they have like rental facilities where you can go rent full body immersion kits for your various use cases for virtual reality. And yeah, maybe that's is that our future. Radio Shack comes back and you're actually going to rent out uh, special hardware for whatever activity you want to do in VR. I don't know. Man, all sorts of fun stuff here. All right, man. 
wonderful chat today from everyone. Very good interaction. We really appreciate the fact that all of you have invited your friends to come and hang out during this stream and talk with us. And what, you, you haven't asked your friends? You should invite your friends to come and hang out with us. As you can see, I'm obviously wrapping the show up here. Ian, do we have any final words of wisdom or any news or anything fun that's coming up on UploadVR.com that we should tell the audience about? going to be a super busy cu couple weeks i uh want to say uh thank you to heaney for going the extra mile uh so to speak physically through our physical world to prove he exists to us we've actually yeah, seen him and witnessed he is an actual physical entity mm -hmm. we've been able to confirm that finally because he actually went and visited two of the other staffers over in england and then went all the way to go find the the hcc headset and try it out and that's just like the opening wave of major things that are happening these next couple of weeks with vr so thanks heaney for proving you're not at least uh, a physical being we can't confirm anything else about you right now but yeah thank you deep fake successful you have been fooled <laughs> yeah that's true ian that, you know, you know, just holding up a true. mannequin with a motion tracker on it that is the true ian was, we were not magic. we were not in his physical presence so yeah, we I mean, have to just take Jamie stoic. and Zena's. Yeah. Yeah, mm. he was doing that stoic thing. We did a, that Facebook workrooms, a Horizon workrooms app where he and the, the three of them over in England were on a flat screen and Kyle and I and Harry were all in VR looking at the flat screen and they couldn't see us. So it felt very weird for them because their camera wasn't on at the time or, or whatever. They couldn't see into our world. But yeah, we actually could have just been holding up a cardboard box. Yeah, that you could have been a, a deep fake puppet just uh and because if you do look if you remember and we never did see jamie's right hand so yeah, jamie could true. have been doing this i don't know now we're still skeptical of your actual existence he needs yeah, it's, anyways it's gonna be a crazy couple weeks like we're gonna be we're gonna try to keep up with it we are going i can't wait to play resident evil i'm going to scream my head off yeah it's come back for our game show as we get into this crazy couple months it's gonna be it is going to be a very fun pumpkin spiced month for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Heaney, any final words of wisdom for our audience today? Nothing. Just, I think that another great session of chat on YouTube. It's really great to see the quality of comments on here. A lot of live streams you watch, you don't get good quality on topic comments and we're lucky enough to get them. So please join us again next week to talk about whatever gets announced this week. Absolutely. And, and I always say at the end of every show, like, subscribe, share, endorse, converse, and check out UploadVR.com for all of your latest news reviews, comments, and interviews. Check out our other YouTube videos and the trailers and all the fun things that we have available for you. So for the rest of the team and myself, Kyle, thank you all very much for watching. We'll see you in the future.